Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Let's get writing. I'm Catherine Rousseau. Through this series, we're wanting to give you uh, a look at what it's like to be an author. Perhaps you're someone out there who's aspiring to be an author and would like to know more. And uh, we've been speaking with authors, but today we're going to go behind the scenes somewhat and speak with the publisher. So joining me on the set is Gary Cranford. Hi. Welcome, Gary. Thank you very much. And Gary, you're from Flanker Press, uh, based in St. John's. Yeah, right. Uh, we recently moved to uh, Paradise, so we're probably the first publisher in the world to enter Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> and being the, the, the challenging business that it is, it's nice to be in Paradise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Gary, um, how about telling us, I mean, as a publisher in Newfoundland, it surely wasn't a common profession to go into. How did you get get into this line of work? It's, it's interesting. Growing up in Central in Buckins, I thought maybe uh, I'd become a newspaper publisher, but I went into uh, the earth sciences. I, what I had done, I had written a community history about my output routes, along with another gentleman, Ray Hillier, and that was published. Mm -hmm. um, and the publisher didn't go into a second printing, but it did very well. That was in... 84, 1984. Mm -hmm. So at some point, government announced it was going to sell the famous schooner Norman Gladys, and I said, okay, I think I'll do some research. So I, I wrote a, a fairly lengthy manuscript, interviewed 30 people, uh, offered it to three local publishers. Eight months later, no contract. One hadn't read it. One had read half of it. I said, if I can scrape a few dollars together, I'll self-publish. And that's how it started. And that first printing sold out. I learned a little bit about the business. And then a number of years later, uh, the provincial government, uh, um, who I was working for at the time, writing, publishing part-time, uh, decided to offer incentive packages to people who wanted to go, and that essentially gave me a two-year salary or income bridge, and I figured in that time I could develop enough books uh, uh, to sustain me beyond that. So I hired my son, first salaried employee, mm -hmm. and it kept growing from there. So our living room was our office, and our dining room was our warehouse. Amazing how many businesses so, start that way. Uh, quite a few, mm -hmm. uh, especially in uh, writing and publishing. Um, uh, it, it's not a course you can get 
you, you can go to Simon Fraser out in BC and a few places, some colleges and do uh, courses in, in publishing, but most people learn within the companies they, they either start Mm -hmm. uh, as a self-publisher or, or within a company they uh, they worked for right. and, and learned the business. So Gary, now at this point, Flanker Press would have its own off building and so many, how many employees are there? Yeah. Well, in, including uh, family, there are uh, eight full-time employees. Uh, we sometimes in the busy uh, seasons, fall, will have uh, part-time, but then we also employ freelance graphic designers, editors, uh, and so on. So uh, especially all of our covers are done. Uh, inside pages, generally we can lay them out. Uh, you know, we have people in, on staff, mm -hmm. my son, Jerry, um, and um, and go from there, but uh, yeah, we're we, we're very pleased with where we are now. Uh, Professional-looking offices, well, uh, uh, well-designed warehouse, um, which I was forced to uh, move into because the lease in my previous uh, location doubled at the end of the lease. Okay. And so. So was it the right time to move to paradise? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it, was, so, it was a forced decision, but a good one but in, a good in the one. end, yeah. yeah. Now, Gary, you have quite a few books out. I mean, we, we, we do see um, see them everywhere mm -hmm. these days. Um, how, you know, how, how many books a year would a publisher like you publish? Well, we, we have 20 on the uh, schedule for this year, and that, that's typical, 19, 20. I'd, I'd like to be able to make a living doing just 10, yeah. but we have, we have to do more volume and spread the risks because some books do well, mm -hmm. others we thought would do well don't do so well, and uh, so it's, it's a balancing act. Uh, uh, right from choosing the, the manuscript right on through. You're just going and some research and somewhat your your own gut. Your gut feeling. It, and after a while, I would say yeah. that gut feeling would start to be pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we're saying if you, you put out about 20 books a year, generally we hear that there are many more proposals that come in into a publisher than that. What is What, what happens on that side? Yeah. Uh, we... Uh, um, quite often the, the rejection, well, we get at least 200 submissions a year. Mm -hmm. Quite often uh, the rejections are, are made because they have, authors haven't really researched our company and the types of books we've done. Mm -hmm. We don't do self-motivational. Uh, we, we don't do uh, um, religious uh, books. We don't do poetry. Um, we get about 50 children's manuscripts a year. I publish two, mm -hmm. maybe three, and usually one of those two or three are from one of our established authors. Um, so out of the 200, if we publish 20, 180 
go back. Some I'll see picked up by some other publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, we know within that 180 that there are some that are, are quite good, but we just can't do them all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the challenge to writers is to actually make that move from the book on their computer mm. to actually finding a fit with a publisher. And, yeah. and it's a considerable task when you're attempting to do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, with the internet now, most professional publishers will have their submissions guidelines there. And then also, uh, searching through a website, you can see the types of genres. So mm-hmm. with us, it's history, biography, autobiography, a couple of children's books, but and, and historical novels set in our culture, mm-hmm. either characters or, or geographically. Uh, once you start moving outside that, you'll be, uh, your chances of getting picked off become fewer. Yeah. Um, so that's why all of our books are grounded in, uh, in our place. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the research for writers to do in in, in looking Mm -hmm. at publishers to actually dig into their website and get a feel whether or not it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it says uh, provide a synopsis, one page, Mm -hmm. and three sample chapters, you know, don't send a 400-page manuscript. Absolutely. Uh, If you do, make sure to include lots of postage if you (laughs) want to return Sounds sounds like good advice. Now, Gary, how you know um, how has the industry changed? I, I, want, I definitely want to ask you that because you have been there for the long haul, and you have had to have seen changes over the years. Well, I, I guess one of the biggest changes uh, on, on the, the back end that a lot of people don't see is the technology. Mm-hmm. We used to go from uh, film uh, page paste up at the printer to film, then the plate. Now with software, we send a digital file to a printer anywhere in the world. They download it, and comp- we can proof it long distance mm-hmm. over the internet and sign off on it, and uh, and go from there. That that's been a big change. Um, we've seen Amazon um, uh, uh, grow, mm-hmm. uh, become established and grow, and that's helped us reach people that normally we would not have. Uh, everything online, the chapters online. Um, 20 years ago, it was very poor. Right, right now, I can go to any Holmes chapters or indigo story in Canada look for a particular title and it will tell me how many are in stock mm-hmm. or and if not um, how long it will take to get one mm-hmm. and you can pre-order I think it's it definitely changed the industry I mean when you when you start not only from the actual 
publishing process, mm -hmm. but also the accessibility. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. If we think when you know digital publishing first came out, and you know so many people, well, I'm not going to read a book like that. I'm not going to read a book like that. But if you travel a lot, like I do, mm -hmm. like Kindle is my best friend because I can yeah. take all my books on the road. At one time, I'd be putting three or four books in my suitcase yeah. and and taking them with me. And now it's just on your phone or your, yeah. you know whatever device you. Yeah. It's amazing how it has um, increased the reach. Yeah, and that's the one decision we had to make back, we made about seven years ago, mm -hmm. is are we going to buy into this digital marketplace? Right. So we jumped in, and I think it's fair to say we have more digital books available uh, around the world than, than any other publisher in the province by double. Uh, so every time we release a paper book mm -hmm. now, the digital book is released at the same time. And we've developed to the point where we now design the digital formats, the EPUB and the Kindle formats in-house. So I have someone taking care of that, making sure they're, they're flowing properly. Well, they, he'll design it. Uh, and set set it up with Apple, Kobo, Kindle. whatever it might be. Yeah. So it was a good decision you made. <laughs> uh, yeah. In in the long term, uh, it takes it will take a while for us to uh, recover our investment. Mm -hmm. uh, another big investment is the online presence. We about for years. Our website wasn't compatible with handheld devices or tablets. Okay. Um, so we started from scratch, hired a firm, $20,000 later. Now you can read all of our books on the smallest phone you could possibly So that's buy. quite a process, is it, yeah. to, to, to go through that? I'm thinking mm. in terms of digital, but you have to think in terms of what device, and so many of them. Yeah, portability. Mm -hmm. Devices that are portable. Not, not just the, the iPads, which are easy enough to read, but a lot of people are searching on handheld device, and text flows differently on a small screen mm -hmm. than a large one. A uh, bit of advice, when you're traveling with your Kindle, don't drop it. Don't drop it. <laughs> don't drop your library. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I always have the backup. I've got my Kindle and my smartphone. It's, it's funny, a local publisher yeah. um, had one, uh, for one day, dropped it. Oh. After he had downloaded all this well, free there, stuff, but he was, really... but he was out his initial purchase of the, of the, the hardware. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that can happen, but so far so good. I'm going to knock on wood. Don't bring that up again. <laughs> when I travel, yeah, I prefer the paper book. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and fortunately, uh, the sales, uh, proportionate to digital books, hasn't dropped in the last three years like the the sales uh, revenue for digital books mm -hmm. leveled off in 2014 mm -hmm. and we're doing surveys with uh, booknet we subscribe to booknet and they've done surveys and they're finding uh, teenagers 75 you know young adult readers mm -hmm. 
70, 75% still prefer this. Do they? Yeah. And, and that, that was the question I wanted to ask yeah. you. I mean, will, will the book ever become obsolete? Because it, I wondered if it was an, an age thing, because I hear some of, uh, you know, people I know, and I say, oh, did you see this? It's, it's digital. Now I have to have the book. Yeah. I have to have the book. Um, it, it's, uh, we, we'll always have uh, paper books. We're, we're collectors. And every now and then I'll, I'll hear of someone who will buy both simultaneously. They'll have the paper book for when they're home relaxing and they can continue at any point in the book uh, when they're traveling uh, using their uh, digital device. So, um, and some, we haven't gotten into this yet, but some, Retailers are bundling the paper book with the digital oh, okay. digital book Interesting. for an extra dollar or two. Which actually, when you think about it, is a darn good idea. Yeah, because it, it serves both yeah. uh, you know needs. Because like I say, at times you do like that feel yeah. of that book in your hand. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're making notations or you want to highlight something, I know you can do it on your digital, but it's, it seems easier in a book. Um, I. Also, surveys uh, show that when people read from paper books, they retain more not more information, now, which is interesting. Like we live in the digital age, and we want to read little bits and pieces at a time. And um, yeah, I, I don't have. We have a Kobo at work, but that's only to see how our books are looking before they're uploaded. Mm -hmm. But personally, I don't. I don't use it when I travel. I'll take, uh, I'll book. buy a pack of books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you oh. still see a lot of that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So you're, so you're saying to us that, um, you know, the actual hard book is not going to go away anytime no. soon. No, it, it leveled off in fourteen, and I think last year the sales worldwide of, of uh, paper books, soft cover and hard cover, actually increased. Interesting, because there was a period there where we were seeing some bookstores start to disappear, particularly the independent bookstores, and they were uh, struggling. The, the biggest problem there, the, the common denominator seems to be, not in all cases, but where they're located. Mm -hmm. Downtown. And rents are going up and up and up because the properties can be sold for condos or bigger properties and that's really what's hurt a lot of bookstores mm -hmm. uh, leasing insurance the cost of that's fixed cost of doing business yeah and truly when you think as well um, given where we live uh, people have to go downtown and find parking yeah. at certain times of the year you'll you might just go to the mall or go to the yeah. big bookstores and it, it has had to have been challenging to the independent yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, aside from, as you say, the malls and the big mm -hmm. box stores, uh, there's that competition. But then on the other end, you're getting squeezed by your landlords. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the combination of everything. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, it's taken a tremendous amount of, of ingenuity with some bookstores to yeah. continue. I notice a lot of your books are, uh, you know, in places such as Irving's and places where maybe tourists might go. And you've been a little bit... Uh, Inventive in, in your marketing. We've we've been very proactive that way. Uh, 
the the display racks you see, I had them custom. I custom designed them and mm -hmm. had them built so that they uh, uh, took up very little space, yet all of the books are, could be well displayed. And uh, wherever, uh, uh, and Irving has been wonderful uh, to deal with, uh, I must say, pushed hard now. Uh, we send them uh, all the digital, digital information on the books, barcoding, uh, and uh, so you go to Goobies, take one of our books to the to cash, cashier, and it'll scan at the price it's supposed to. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, we, we've been very proactive. My wife and I, Margo, we, we have this warehouse on wheels. Mm -hmm. I can walk up and down the middle aisle, and I've got stacks of books on either side. And, uh, and give that personal service. Uh, when I leave here, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a potential new account. There you go. So, so. it is a lot of, uh, of uh, on the, the role of the publisher, you're still doing promotion of the books. This is what I wanted to, to talk a, a little bit about, you know, when somebody goes to a publisher, they're accepted as an author. Uh, you know, what are your expectations of the author? Well, uh, we we want them to be outgoing, not be scared of doing a radio interview or a television interview, mm -hmm. um, or be interviewed by newspaper media, that type of thing. Also, if they're uh, uh, at a very minimum, um, we we just have a, a situation with a new book. An author became very very ill. Uh, while his book was being printed, mm -hmm. but in the last week he's he's recovering, but in the last week he's been very very active on Facebook, posting and sharing his book on Facebook. And uh, what we do, uh, we've been developing Facebook pages or profiles, whatever they are, for our authors mm -hmm. and coaching them uh, if they don't have a Facebook account coaching them how to maintain it and update it and that sort of so thing. So the more savvy an author can be on yeah. social media coming in, all the better. Now, all the better. Mm -hmm. Not mandatory, but it's good. But it helps. Yeah, well, we're absolutely. trying to give tips to to authors that, you know, how to prepare because it's more than writing the book these days. It definitely is more. What other kinds of things might they be able to bring to the table that would be beneficial to the marketing of their uh -huh. book? And well, being outgoing and being able to travel and and interact well with the public, because one of the things we all do um, is book signings. We do hundreds of book signings and uh, get our authors out there. We want them to be able to perform, do readings mm -hmm. at local libraries, mm -hmm. uh, at book launches, so they'd be expected to, to get involved in that. But even way, way, way back in terms of getting prepared, make sure the manuscript fits the publisher. 
That's the number one thing. Number one thing. Make sure the manuscript fits the publisher. And then, you know, I suppose so things like being involved with Toastmasters, because sometimes writers can be more introverted yeah. people. They're not always the outgoing yeah. um, person. And I think some of our more successful ones always do manage to have yeah. that combination. Yeah, I'm learning very early in my publishing career. I had an author bring me this incredible manuscript and we published it and it got rave reviews and uh, when we approached him to do when we had set up interviews he said I'm not doing any interviews it's all in the book I said it all uh, and that was it and the book bombed so so hear that out there, authors or, or aspiring authors, you want to be working yeah. on social media. And, be, yeah. be yourself. Be, be yourself. yourself and, and, and develop, and, even developing your own email list and yeah. contact list in advance that could be used as part of the marketing yeah. would be beneficial. Uh, a, a, a very good tip. I'm past president of the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador. And... I, I would advise writers to join, and sometimes they put off um, seminars, professional development seminars for writers on public speaking, mm -hmm. how to present yourself, mm -hmm. and practice with, with an actor or actress who will give you feedback on improving your, your delivery. Good tip. So the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador, mm -hmm. are, their office is located in St. John's. You can go on their website, in fact, and you can just download your application and, yep. and scan it and send it in. Um, very good, very good point. And also, I, I find, too, being um, engaged with certain writing organizations that might be similar to the genre that you write in, where you can share and network with other authors. Yeah. Also helpful. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, author groups, um, uh, you can share ideas. Uh, Vicki Barber, mm -hmm. uh, very restricted genre, not restricted genre, very popular genre. That's right. Uh, but uh, she has a writing group, and they bounce, they read what they're working on, get feedback and what works, and they can take brutal criticism very well and very good. Well, it's feedback, and I mean, yeah. it, that's all part of it, and, and you have to accept that feedback. That group in particular is for romance, yeah. and it's Romance in the Rock, a yeah. private close group, and I know that because I'm a member yeah. of it, but uh, mm -hmm. that, that is that kind of an environment, and it gives you a chance to open up and get your work out there and yeah. get some feedback on it from people who have a few ideas yeah. about what it takes. Yeah, and... Um, uh, Victoria, in particular, has been uh, very eager to share what she's learned. She started publishing, self-publishing, but uniquely just with digital books. Mm -hmm. That's all she produced. And uh, she's taught us a few things because... She was at it for years. Yes, and, and I did really want to, to delve into digital publishing. I'm going to have to have you come back. Yes, uh, I'd love <laughs> to come back. Yeah, and, and uh, the self-publishing, actually, is yeah. what I really wanted to talk yeah. to you about as well, how that's juxtaposed to yeah. the actual publishing that you do. But, I mean, we've covered a lot of helpful things. I certainly uh, want to thank you very much, and I don't know if we have a final tip, or am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> uh, no, uh, thanks for 
for having me here. I, I grew up in Central when we had two, when we had Grand Falls and we had Windsor. Oh, there you go. And now we have one. one. Well, <laughs> since you're a native son, uh, we'll, we'll be especially nice to you and we're going to have to do more with you. Well, thank okay, you. great. Thank you so much. Very nice. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.